Hey, I hope you're enjoying this content. Want to make sure that you know about our Facebook group. It's totally free, but it's a great place to post any questions you might have, get some resources, talk to people who are doing the clinic gym model. You can find it on Facebook and it's called the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group. Once again, the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group. If you haven't gotten in there yet, you have to answer a couple questions so we can keep the deadbeats out, but we'd love to have you in there. And if you ever have a question about, hey, I don't know how to set up my insurance or what company do you use for this equipment? That is the absolute best place to post. Every day we're getting great questions and even better answers. And man, there's tons of resources out there that I didn't even know about. So once again, check us out on Facebook. It's a Facebook group open to anybody as long as you answer the questions going in. It's the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group on Facebook. Hope to see you there. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. This is Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm excited for you to be on this journey. Look, when I started my Clinic Gym Hybrid back in 2013, I didn't have a place to go for resources. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're here. I hope you dig this interview. Let's jump in. Boom. Hey, welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, as always, Dr. Josh Satterley. And today, it's just you and me. But I think it's time to talk about the future of healthcare. I saw something crazy the other day, and I think that's what that's what led me down this path to talk about the future of healthcare. I think that as we talk about building your own clinic and gym or a combined clinic and gym, it's important to look around and get lessons from other businesses. And I think that there are plenty of clues out there that the clinic gym model is the way you should go. And I think it's also important to make sure you don't just get so bogged down with treating patients all day that you don't look up and see what's happening around us. I think there's a lot of innovation striking healthcare. What's interesting to me is that that innovation is not coming from those within healthcare. It seems to be coming from outside forces who are observing healthcare and realizing there's a lot of money to be had if operated correctly. So what gave me this big idea? It was sitting there stupidly do all it does is produce anxiety and problems that I just cannot solve. But for some reason, I'm still human and I do it. Anyways, uh, I was scrolling and it, I came across an article saying that Amazon is getting involved in the telehealth uh, or the telemedicine space. So in something like five or six states, they're launching medicine services. And it got me thinking, I wonder why Amazon's going into telemedicine, right? Because at first I was like, why would they go into primary healthcare? Primary healthcare, anybody with direct access, primary care providers, chiropractors, physical therapists, anybody in that business, you're starting to see this gigantic pressure being put on the individual providers. And really the only way it seems to be working is building up and becoming part of a large group. So I have, I think it's 12, 12 different medical doctor friends, either they're MDs or DOs that worked in the primary care setting in Las Vegas and Henderson and all 12 of those people I can think of are now part of a much larger group or a hospital-based system. Why? It just became too expensive to operate their offices and they couldn't handle that load without the assistance of a large, um, a large group. So why is Amazon getting into this? And there was another thing that actually cued me off too, was that I saw in our area that all the Walgreens pharmacies are getting remodeled. Their parking lots are covered with uh, shipping containers full of stuff. And I, I was like, why are they, what's going on here? Like, you know, it, it seemed like a lot of work. Well, it turns out that Walgreens just spent $5.6 billion, billion with a B, not the old M, million, 
But now the cool kids are using this B word, so billion, $5.6 billion to buy out a company called Village MD. Village MD. And that is allowing them to put um, a primary care facility inside of the Walgreens, inside the Walgreens. So it's kind of the same model that Amazon has. Amazon la- uh, launched Amazon Pharmacy maybe two years ago. They got a lot of uptick. People are getting it delivered to their house. And now they're launching telemedicine. So they have the primary care provider and the ability to f- fulfill prescriptions. That is very similar to Clinic Gym Hybrid. Let me tell you why. The prescriptions are the ongoing membership of primary care. That's why pharmaceutical companies are huge and hospitals and physicians groups aren't as huge as pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals, once you're on vacation, you're on it for life. You keep having a pharmacies flourish because of the longevity of those of those clients, right? Of the patients. You go to a pharmacy like Costco, you're probably going to be spending that amount of money every single month for the rest of your life. So the earlier they can get you in and the more drugs they can get you in, uh, the better of a long-term customer you become. Well, what is the bones of the business of the clinic gym hybrid? You come in as a patient, but we have to do something as a chiropractor or physical therapist to have a long-term business solution to you, a long-term membership portion. And that's why you add in the gym. Now, you could do the same business if you're like, hey, I don't want to add a gym, but I want to sell supplements. Cool. If you can get your people to commit to supplements, like medical doctors can get people to commit to their blood pressure medication or their diabetes medication, things like that, your business will work out fine. The problem is a lot of times when it's elective healthcare and functional medicine or um, nutraceuticals, things like that, there just doesn't seem to be the psychological strength uh, and uh, the psychological bond where that patient becomes a lifetime customer of those things. They last a while, but I, I think it's in the like one to two year range, not the 25 year range. Anyways, going back to Amazon starting telemedicine, what does this tell us about healthcare? Well, why didn't Amazon get a contract with CVS or Walgreens or why didn't Amazon buy up doctor's offices? Why are they going telemedicine? I think the reason, and I can't verify this right now, but I'd bet a dollar. Yeah, I'll bet you $10. The reason they're doing that is because when they looked at all of healthcare, they realized that telemedicine is by far the most profitable. Yes, you can't do hands-on procedures like blood draws and blood pressure, right? But now with wearable devices like the Apple Watch and all these different concoctions, uh, people can have the ability to do vitals at home, right? Height, weight, pulse, pulse ox. I mean, how many people bought a pulse oximeter at, during COVID, right? Pulse ox, we can get a fairly accurate uh, blood pressure, a wrist-based blood pressure cuff for 50 bucks. So vitals don't need to be done in an office. And then we're consulting based on subjective findings and, and patient history. Yet we're not carrying the cost of front desk staff or Amazon's not carrying the cost of massive amounts of front desk staff and a facility and cleaning and exam rooms and all that stuff that just created a ton of, of, of cost without improving the patient experience. Those things really didn't contribute to getting to the right diagnosis. It was still a person talking to another person. And I think what Amazon did is they said that could be done over the phone or over Zoom. It doesn't have to be done in person. Well, if you just reduce that cost, that huge cost, 
how profitable does primary care become, right? I can reduce that cost. And then I'm getting a lifetime customer if I have Amazon Pharmacy. So I can lead you, I can open the door, and then you're going to walk through it for the next 25 years as a, as a, with your ongoing membership to these medications, right? And I don't think that the list of medications reduces over time. In fact, it goes up so that Amazon Pharmacy becomes more and more valuable. So what's the lesson here? Well, I think there's a couple of lessons. Number one, Amazon went into the membership base first. They went into the membership business first. They went into pharmacy first. And then they, they have launched into the entry portal. And I think you're going to see that more and more. It's the same thing that I'm seeing at Walgreens. They had the ongoing membership, the, the, re, the recurring revenue from pharmaceuticals, right? Fulfilling your prescription every month. And then they recently said, we need to open the front entry portal. And so they bought that Village MD company. I would look at those two signs and tell you that that should be advising or changing your business model. What I mean to say is make sure you have the membership model first and make sure the membership is profitable. The repeated use of the front end stuff is where people lose money. The the front entry portal is the most expensive and it doesn't pay that well and it doesn't pay over the long term, right? If somebody comes in for initial exam in my office, and I charge them 150 bucks, that's it. That's all that I get for that visit. It doesn't continue into a large uh, a, a large ongoing contract. It doesn't guarantee me anything. I have to fight to get them in for the second visit and then fight to get them into the third visit, and so, blah, blah, blah. If I don't focus on the thought of, A, fulfilling a long treatment plan, right? So seeing that person at least 12 times to affect any sort of change, which is, that's what's supported in the research. If you want to get mad at me, that's fine. But dive into the research f- first about like low back pain and any musculoskeletal condition. They're, they're long-term chronic conditions. So we need to have a long-term treatment plan and then transfer over to the membership. If I were coming out of school today and I saw those two things, I saw Amazon pharmacy and Amazon uh, telemedicine combined with what was happening at Walgreens, I would say, don't focus on the clinic. In fact, focus on the gym. Get the gym to be profitable. And then you can, you can open a clinic and even screw up a little bit in the cr- clinic because you have that monthly recurring revenue on the membership side. That's what Amazon was able to do. They established their base on the pharmaceuticals, aka the membership, and they were able to backtrack into primary care. You're going to see a ton of, of that happen. Second thing I would say that this tells us, telemedicine has profit. That's the other thing, just on its face. If Amazon's doing it, man, they got smart people there. They're not dummies. They know what they're doing. And there's a reason they went that way. There's a reason they didn't go into brick and mortar. So as a chiropractor, as a physical therapist, could one third of your visits be telemedicine? Could you still charge the same amount or charge insurance the same amount without having to have that person come in? I think that's an interesting fact. Another interesting fact I think it's worth looking at. Amazon is not a medical company, right? Now they're offering medical services. So somewhere, somehow, there is a business agreement where uh, they might own a management company that employs these contracted Amazon people. Well, look, maybe they're going to want to get into musculoskeletal condition or have chiropractors triage people. You never know. So it's worth pursuing and looking for Amazon jobs as a chiropractor if you're coming out of school and looking to make a couple extra dollars. I don't know. Maybe it's a possible. Since we don't prescribe, I think it's there's probably that resistance. but. It's worth looking into because if you look at 
uh, I think it's Google owns that um, thumbtack service. All that is is matching people up with providers, right? Uh, Zocdoc, all these different groups that were that are set about to match doctors with providers. That's the same business as like Zillow, right? You find a house you want, let's find you an, a real estate agent, and they sell those leads. I think Amazon will have people coming to them looking for the right doctor, and they'll come up with some cool algorithms to get you to the right specialist based on uh, some historical questions they ask you and maybe some data that can be collected at home. It would be interesting. Another thing to think about is um, in Amazon, I have a friend of mine who makes a ton of money every year, and he does this program within Amazon called FBA, Fulfilled by Amazon. He sells yoga mats, yoga blocks, and some other like foam I don't know what you call it. Yoga, it's typically yoga equipment, although it's not, but like Airx pads, yoga mats, foam blocks, things like that. He found a supplier in China and he kind of threw him a design that he really liked and ended up with like all these different designs for those exercise products. What he does is he buys them in bulk. He ships them to an Amazon warehouse and he builds the listing on Amazon. People buy them and then the Amazon warehouse is the one who's grabbing it off the shelf, boxing it up and shipping it. That's FBA or fulfilled by Amazon, fulfilled by Amazon. The crazy thing is they didn't launch that for the first few years of Amazon. And now it's something like 70% of all products are actually FBA, fulfilled by Amazon. But Amazon is not the ones buying the original product, purchasing it. They're just the ones storing and shipping it. So we're starting to see that non-linear or non-integrated business model quite often. Take Airbnb, for example. They don't own any hotel rooms. They don't own any houses, right? They're all owned privately, but they fulfill, they help fulfill on the selling. So they collect the money, they list it, they display it, they you know map it out for you, they do all that stuff. And really, um, the, all that inventory, if you will, is owned by a third party. Well, why does this affect us as healthcare providers? Perhaps Amazon will be getting into a situation where they're looking to do an FBA for healthcare fulfilled by Amazon. Amazon will list you. Amazon will send patients to you. You just pay a, a fee for the lead or you pay something, some service to be listed with them. As much as that might upset some people and say that that's not traditional healthcare, I think you need to get on the bandwagon and look at how big Amazon is because early on, people said Amazon will never take on Walmart. Well, it's happened. Amazon will never beat out. Uh, like I remember the argument with shoes when they when Amazon bought Zappos. Zappos is a local company to Henderson, the town I live in. And when people said Amazon was looking at it, the argument always was nobody will buy shoes online. Only a small fraction of people because it's something you want to try on and you want to see how it looks and how it fits. And as soon as Amazon purchased Zappos, it became clear that was not the case. Sporting and goods equipment, people argued for a long time. Oh, you got to hold a baseball glove in your hand. You got to hold it, a bat in your hand. Wrong, 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 wrong. Amazon has proven that that model is not correct. And so what I would say is make sure you are progressing or accepting some of this uncomfortable information as fact. It is fact that that's what consumers prefer. Now, some consumers might love you and tell you that that's not what they want, but everybody does that. A friend of mine owns the, the best running shoe store in our town, and he says, 
Most of his customers come in there, they get fitted for a pair of shoes, they give them world-class service, and he says they'll buy that first pair from us and their next three or four from Amazon or Zappos or one of these online retailers. Then they come back, get refitted, then they buy their next three or four. So he has had to hustle to make sure that the model works because that first sale is the only sale. So that you're trying to sell them more gear, more shirts, more uh, hydration belts, more, you know, more of everything, reflective belts and Fitbits and Garmin's and everything, because you're not going to get repeated sales like you used to. So the world is shifting and healthcare is shifting, but we can be a part of this and we can, we can use these uh, big companies to guide us in what to do in these small companies. Now I'll go back to what I say in every one of our live events and every one of my times I consult with people and every time people ask me about it, what is the product we sell? The product or the service we sell more than anything else in the clinic gym hybrid model is expertise. Expertise. And I think people will travel for expertise. I think they'll pay high, big money for expertise. I think they'll sign up for memberships with experts. I don't think they'll sign up for memberships with the standard boring bullcrap care and, and crappy exercise programs that everybody else does. You see like 24-hour fitness and crunch and all these things that used to just be blowing the doors off are now not as busy. Why? Because there's so many options for exercise. But what do all those exercise options not have? They don't have expertise. So pursue that expertise. And I'm not just saying in your clinic. Maybe here's an interesting one, the Joey D model. There's a guy named Joey D who does golf fitness. And he had a small gym in Florida and he, guys would come in and he just asked some, you know, it was big, I think he was a big TPI guy for a while. He'd do all that, then build a program. They come in and work out in this place. And he realized, you know what? I could just assess them, build a program, and then monitor them and check in with them over Zoom for most of their program. So instead of a huge gym where people would come in, he has an assessment bay. And then the other half of his business or the other half physical space, the other half of the physical space. So there's the assessment bay. The other half is a bunch of huge rooms with cameras set up where his instructors can zoom with the people and demonstrate exercise, demonstrate swing drills and all that. So his fulfillment becomes all virtual. Kind of sounds like Amazon, right? Like all of their primary care fulfillment is all virtual. Why? Because that's where the profit is. Get rid of all those costs that were slowing you down before. I'm kind of jumping around a lot here, but I want you to see that the world is changing and we have an advantage here. If you can establish expertise, which means usually education, publishing, um, information, it's all that, right? And people perceive you that, you have a high profit margin. Take that and decide what can we fulfill electronically or virtually instead of having to fulfill in person. Now, obviously, somebody can't get a virtual chiropractic adjustment. You can't get muscle work virtually. But could they get one out of every five sessions virtually, right? Could you check in with them once a week virtually and still consider that a visit to their care plan? Kind of interesting, kind of interesting, all right? So sell expertise and then look at, and then make sure what Amazon is telling us and Walgreens is make sure the membership is in place before anything else. Before you work on the front end entry point, work on the membership. Get that profitable.
So, covered a lot of ground here, but I think the ground beneath us is shifting. And those that can see those waves and see that path are going to make a ton of money in the next five years because everybody else is going to be dealing, they're just not adapting, right? And we got to adapt or die, as they say, adapt or die. And you're seeing primary healthcare is dying. Like it's harder and harder to find an independent primary care provider. And I think we can improve that process, but we as primary care providers, as chiropractors, we got a big challenge ahead of us. The next five years are going to tell us who's profitable and who's not because the unprofitable ones will just disappear or be bought up. And so they're, if you're a wildly profitable provider, you got a great gym going, you got a great membership, whatever, you probably should be looking around for talent that you could buy. And I bet you could buy quite a few practices in the next few years. So that's my thoughts for today. Uh, this podcast is coming out Thanksgiving week. So I want you to know if you're listening to this, I am thankful for you. This podcast started, let me just go over a list of people I'm thankful for too, because you know, this podcast started years ago and I can't even remember what the hell, I think 2018 started in 2018 and man, we've had some fun along the way, but, uh, since it's Thanksgiving, I got to give thanks to my wife and my kids because many times they come home and I'm recording a podcast and I'm telling them to shush (laughs) and, you know, so they put up with, uh, that change in their schedules and my, my family is incredible. My wife, my wife is the most understanding person ever. And, uh, she's supported me in all my hair brain, crazy ass ideas and never stopped. She never stopped supporting me. So big thanks to Amanda, uh, my boys, Adam and Owen, uh, They are inquisitive, they're curious, they're funny, and they keep me inspired. So big thanks to them. If I'm thinking about this podcast, uh, I'm going to give thanks to Kevin Christie. Kevin was the host of me on his podcast, the uh, Modern Chiropractic Marketing. Without that, this whole thing would have never launched. It never would have launched. That interview was the one that really set it off. Um, Who else should I be thankful for? So Dan Leonard. Uh, Mike Donia, excuse me, Chip Bleem, trying to think of some, uh, a guy named Bryce Christensen, some of our early, our early customers, uh, when we actually started selling something, um, you know, those guys were there to buy it. And I really appreciated that. Who else? Well, I got to give thanks, uh, to that crazy cat named Bobby, maybe, uh, I think he is changing chiropractic or he certainly enacted enacted change. He and I have had our differences, but you know what? Um, the, the, the Facebook group originally started under the FTCA brand and um, I was able to purchase it at some point, but you know, he had the foresight to, to build a Facebook community and uh, it served him well. So I will give thanks for that. Um, even though we probably have personal differences still, but whatever. Uh, I'll give thanks for that. Other things, you know, I will say I am so, I'm so happy I became a chiropractor. So many times I hear people like, I, I teach these SFMAs and sometimes I'll, I'll hear peer, physical therapists, they look just beat down. They absolutely look beat down. And um, I think like, you know, what'd you want to do? And they always say, oh, I want to work in sports. What do you do now? I work in a clinic that does a post total joint replacement therapy. How do you like it? And they say, I hate it, but uh, <laughs> you know, 
if you're a physical therapist, like I think that there are amazing physical therapists out there and I'm not, I don't want to, to beat you up. Uh, physical therapy is controlled mostly by hospital groups and large physician groups. And so it's not the entrepreneurial um, dog eat dog kind of thing that chiropractic is. But I can say that all of us have this skill set that I, I want to be thankful or I am thankful for. And that is this, whether you're an ATC, an acupuncturist, a chiro or a PT, there is something so special to the fact that somebody walks up to you in front of you in your office and says, I have pain. And we have the skill set and the tools, which is usually just our brains and our hands, to give them a significant amount of relief, a significant amount of relief. And when you compare that to like medical offices or, or you know, nurse practitioners and PAs, yes, those people help others a lot. And, and they're probably a lot of society gives them a little bit more respect, but they don't have the ability to do something right now about somebody's pain. And we do. We have the ability to right now take an 8 out of 10 pain down to a 3 out of 10. Or hell, sometimes you get it to go away totally in day one. There's not many professions that are able to do that. I think that is a freaking awesome thing that we get to do. So I want to give thanks for that. When I took the SFMA, all the cats that are involved in the SFMA, I think that it tripled my ability to do that. So I want to give thanks to the SFMA, my mentor, Greg Rose and Mike Voigt. And, uh, you know, I don't know Gray and Kyle as well, but, you know, those guys still came up with an amazing product. So lots of thanks to give out there. And again, if you are listening to this, I'll give thanks for you. Uh, without listeners, there's no reason to do a podcast uh, without customers there's no reason to have uh the clinic gym hybrid solutions business and uh and we get all those things so thank you so much enjoy the time with your family I hope it's a wonderful day for you and if you like what i talked about on this podcast please throw it up throw a comment up in the facebook group which is the clinic gym hybrid discussion group on facebook um clinic gym hybrid discussion group uh join up if you're not already a member but yeah throw up a comment i'd love to discuss this shifting landscape more because it's going to affect all of us and we may as well unify and see what we can do to bring about change and we should get, be getting paid a lot of money for this so with that i'll say go spend time with your family have a drink chill out watch some football eat some pie give hugs um, and i thank you for listening so as i always say this is dr josh satterley saying go out there maximize your license and live the life you dream of Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.